It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Happy Tuesday. Welcome into the program. Happy Valentine's Day for those of you that celebrate it. For us miserable folks. It's just Tuesday. Actually, today is an important day here on the program. Happy anniversary. Today is the one-year anniversary of when this program began. Normally, I wouldn't remember, except it's uh, it's on Valentine's Day, so it's easier to remember. But one year ago today, many of you listening to me right now, were tuning into this program for the first time and saying, I'm not listening to that again. But here you are, a year later, still with us. And I thank you for it. Thanks for sticking it out, and uh, I I hope that you've enjoyed the program. I hope that you have enjoyed the topics we've discussed. We've talked about a lot of sandwiches, a lot of food, a lot of history, but also a lot of issues as well. And um, for me, it's been a great year of getting to know all of you, getting to know what topics matter to you because I I honestly think that the things that we talk about here matter to more people than the stuff that you hear normally on talk radio. I honestly think many of you couldn't care less or at least don't want to talk about national issues. You want to talk about local things or you want to hear about local things. You want to discuss things that you know that you can have a direct impact on or that impact you directly. And so thank you for going on that journey with me. We're not going to do big anniversary shows like we do on Spooky South Coast. That only came about as a joke. Those those big anniversary shows, those came about as a joke because the first year that we, our first anniversary, we didn't think that we were going to last. And so we we literally wanted to celebrate the fact that we did. So we had rented out the uh, the second level, the bottom level of knuckleheads and threw ourselves a party. And then we didn't do a party again ever, ever after that. So we, uh, we kind of did a party on the air each year. So that's where that kind of came about. Otherwise, it's not a big deal. I, I don't really get excited for my birthday or anything like that. So I, I, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it today. I'll just mention it a whole bunch. Only to irk the people that think that thought that uh, I was going to get pulled after a couple of weeks. So I'm just going to keep bringing it up to remind all all of those uh, app chatters who can't wait for me to get fired. Um, hasn't happened yet. Knock on for Micah. But anyway, let's talk about some of the local things that we can discuss today. First of all, uh, if you didn't catch on Friday, we had joining us for a bit Jason Sugarman who is the founder and owner of the new delicatessen, the Jewish Deli, that's going to be opening in Pawtucket. 
And if you missed that interview, I have an article up now at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app that kind of lays out all those plans of what they have going on over there. And I, I did find some factors of that, especially going back over the interview and writing the story. You know, some of those things really, really were interesting, such as the idea that they're going to give a comic book to every kid that comes in to help promote literacy. That they're going to have newspapers in there for you to read and they're not going to push you out. I can tell you that in my many, many years of working in a diner, I wished every single day that we would decide to cancel getting those newspapers. And, and it wouldn't have mattered anyway, because somebody would always bring in a newspaper and leave it behind anyway. But we had people that would come in, take up a, 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 ta a, a booth or a, or a counter seat, and they would just read every paper that we had while drinking one cup of coffee. That was bottomless refills. So I know what it's like when somebody takes advantage of that, but I think that, you know, in today's day and age, most folks kind of get that sense of, okay, I've, I've been here long enough. I should probably give up this table to somebody else, you know, if it's busy. If it's not busy, it's not a big deal. But if it's busy, you can tell, you know, you kind of get that sense of getting up and leaving. So I, um, I thought that that was really interesting. And the idea that they are going to give you a little float at the end of your meal, I found to be interesting. Because not everybody does that, but some delis do, so that's where they kind of adapted the idea from. And in reading about the Sugarman family and the successes that they've had in the restaurant business, I, I have no reason to believe that this won't be a smashing success as well. And I'm looking forward to when it opens. I'll tell you, I'll, I might be there day one. I usually don't like to go to a restaurant on day one. You know, give them a chance to work out the bugs, wait a couple of weeks. But that one, I might have to be there day one. Because I don't know if I can contain my excitement. And, and based on some of the reactions I've seen uh, under that story on Facebook, I think that there's going to be a lot of people that will be there day one. So you can read more about that uh, if you want to check that out. Also, Barry has an article that I want to point your attention to. And this is something I want to talk a little bit more about. We, we discussed it a bit yesterday. But I think that this is something that will be uh, a major topic of conversation throughout the course of the week. Now... In reading the story, you know, in reading the title of it, that's not exactly news. The title of the article is, New Bedford Police Chief says that the department is in a hiring crisis. And we know that. We, we had the police department on to discuss that when we were talking about how to register for the civil service exam. What's interesting here is the way that this is starting to formulate here. The way it's starting to, to appear is that the mayor, the police chief, they are pointing out the fact that this is a nationwide issue, that basically they're having trouble getting people that want to be police officers across the country for a couple of different factors. And the New Bedford Police Union is saying, yeah, we get that, but we don't think that you have a plan in place to bridge that gap. 
We don't think that you have a plan in place to effectively lead us until we can bring in more officers. That the the approach has basically just been, I don't know, we can't find anybody, so everybody's just got to work a little harder, I guess. And so the, the union is looking for a more solid plan. The administration is saying, how can we create a more solid plan if we don't know what's going to happen with the hiring? So this is where I think we're going to get the next schism between the administration and the rank and file officers. 508-996-0500. Good morning. We are doing that from Fairhaven, Massachusetts. So if you're interested in getting involved with us, call the Fairhaven Police Department, ask for Chief Myers, and tell him that uh, Salah Mateo asked you to call. He'll know exactly what to say. Thank you for the call, and God bless, and may you be successful. Well, what's... Was that a robocall? I think that was somebody that started talking the moment I put them on hold. Maybe it was a robocall. I don't know. If it was a robocall, though, wouldn't it have started over? Uh, I don't know. Folks, the way it works is when you call in, I put you on hold. When you're on hold, you'll be able to hear the program. And then when it's time for you to speak, hold on, let me see. Let me see if I can do my impression. When it's time to speak, you'll hear this sound. No, I couldn't do it as well. My mouth's a little dry. But that's, you'll hear like a, and that's when you know you're on the air. And plus, I'll tell you that you're on the air. All right, let's let's go back to the phones. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. I'm a veteran, uh, going to be 90 soon, a Fairhavenite, born in New Bedford, a Korean War veteran. I just heard something on the news, which is interesting, I think, to all of the listening audience. And uh, let me put down the TV so you don't have to hear it. That'd be great. Thank you. All right, thank you, because this is very important. They were talking about gun owners, and, of course, what just happened in Michigan uh, with all those students being shot, the question came up, and the person that spoke was a, a teacher who I think is a councilman in that particular town, and she spoke very well, and you could see how well-touched and sorry she's been. She said, now it's disturbing her life because the American people are suffering quietly and noisily about the killings that's going on because people with guns. And they were talking about what what did they say when you go to your meetings? She says, well, basically, in my town where we are, most of the people, she says, I grew up on a farm and I grew up with guns. I had all kind of guns. Mm -hmm. And a lot of veterans live in this area. And so we just maintain, we have farm, we go hunting. She says, everybody understands, basically, the responsible hunters know the difference between hunting an animal, which you don't need, you know, an automatic. But at the same time, it's not, the, it's not us. It's the politicians who don't want to put the automatic weapons to be stopped. But they also know that no person who is an American citizen, unless you're in the military, should not have an automatic weapon. Any military person knows that. And that made me angry because you know why? It's 
talking about us, and I hope you would talk about that. You you can have all the pistols you want. You can have your shotgun to go hunting. I grew up in Marion, and I know about hunting and fishing. I never had to have an automatic 15. If you had an automatic 15, can you eat the deer after you shot them about 150 rounds? So, I've and I've tried to bring this up with people who are you know, uh, pro having these type of weapons. And their argument is that they want to have them because if, if ever anybody turns on them, say, from the government, the government will have those weapons. And we need those weapons to defend ourselves. I don't... Well, I don't when you say the government will have those weapons, let's clear that up. Well, I don't... I have the government. We, the people, are the government. Well, the military. Don't ever forget that. If, That's what democracy is about. we got common sense here. We are people made up of nationalities well, from all sir. over the world, and we've come in closer in our connectedness and our intermarriages, and our children don't care what color you are. They want to know, can you play football? Are you a good quarterback? Can you, can you be a Bill Russell? Can, 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 can you be this? Can you be that? Can you hit home runs? Sir, let me hold, hold on, sir. Let me. We don't need guns that that, that automatic hold on. weapons. That's you join take, the military, join take, the Coast Guard, join the National Guard. Join sir, the take Air a breath. Force. Hold on, take a breath. Hold on, relax. Give me a moment. I agree with you 100. percent I I agree with you. I don't think that we need to have these weapons in the hands of everybody. We don't need them. I well, agree with you. Let's get down to the root of it: economics, money. Well, because Why they the because the gun lobbyists are giving them the money. Passed? It's because they're making money from the NRA. Yeah, absolutely. And all the other industries that make all kinds of weapons. That, listen, what? NRA is not just involved in the money making because they make guns. Sir. They make every kind of weapon that they shot in the United States or around the world, whether you fly it or whether it goes underneath the water. Let me let me ask you a question. Do you still drive? Do I still drive? Well, I drive only in the daytime. Okay, but and I only live around the corner from you, sure, my friend. Sure, but on your car. On your car, what does your what does your uh, speedometer go up to? Do you have an idea? Do you know how? Do you know what the top number is on your speedometer in your car? Yeah, well, I guess it's over hundred. Yeah, mine, mine's about hundred and twenty in my little Mazda. Yeah, that's, that, I, I, but, I, that's the game plan but, again. But hold on, but hold on, hold on. Let, yeah, let me finish what I'm saying. That's the thing. Your car can go hundred and twenty miles an hour. But the government has put restrictions for people's safety that you can't go faster than 65 miles an hour because they feel that going beyond that would put the public at risk. And I look at being able to cap what kind of firearms people can own under that same idea. Can a police officer go 120 if he needs to? Yes. Can a state trooper go 120 miles an hour if he needs to? Could a, an emergency vehicle go that fast if they need to? Absolutely. I don't think that they can just because, you know, they, they have to keep the equipment safe in it. But the, the fact is we have no problem with it when it comes to that. We understand it. But for some reason, the gun fetish keeps people from being able to accept that kind of a limitation. Oh, he's still going.
Mateus said all of this, and I'm not afraid to back it up. So if y'all want to know who it was that was talking, it was me. Because I love America. My parents came here as immigrants. Cranberry pickers. So I know what's going on, and I served, my father served, and before them, many of them served. Wake up, America. Don't be fooled by foolishness and stupidity and ignorance because they don't teach. Come on, Fairhaven. You're better than that because I know I've lived here for 40 years married to Nancy Chadwick. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless America. I love you. Peace. Thank you for the call. Have a good day. I, I, I want to give that guy his own show. I want to give him his own show. Like, uh, that kind of passion. And he, he, from what I gathered, he was talking a lot of sense, too. I mean, I, I had to pull it down a little bit so that I could, you know, get in a word. But that's um, that's some passion right there. And some very good points. 508-996-0500. I'm sure the phone line's going to light up with, uh, you know, pro-gun people that are going to start telling me, oh, you give it up your freedom, giving up your rights, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, good morning. You're next on WBSM. I call. Oh, I think you're, you cut out a little bit there. I'm oh, nope. I'm losing you. Thing. I can't. I can't hear anything you're saying. All right, I'm going to put you on hold and see if you can get into a better spot because uh, we we have nothing there coming from you. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hello, you're on the air. Okay. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Hi, you're on the air. We are having terrible luck this morning. Uh, the phone lines are lighting up, but I think people are having trouble hearing me, maybe? I don't know. Let's see. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Yeah, it was a little funky there for a while. I had to hang up and call back. So... I understand the guy's passionate and it's terrific to have a kid in college and know these things are going on. High school, you think they get out of the lower grades. Now high schools are starting to have stabbings and shootings and in colleges. It's, it's horrific. However, he was getting so impassioned that he, I think he said he was in the military and I think he said he hunts and shoots and uses guns, but he was not accurate as far as I could tell on on the stuff he was just saying because he was saying the AR-15 is an automatic weapon and people should be allowed to have pistols and shotguns and rifles. They're all, including the AR-15, they're all semi-automatic weapons. I don't don't think I heard him mention an AR-15. Yeah, he was calling it something else. A fifteen. He was calling. Yeah, he was. There was a lot coming at me at once. So forgive <laughs> me if I missed it. I wasn't catching either, but he was definitely sounding to me as though he was saying pistols, shotguns, rifles are different somehow than AR-15s, and those are only for the military. The truth is, they are all semi-automatic weapons. In a lot of states, automatic weapons, fully automatic, are not legal. They're not legal here, New York, California, Connecticut. They're not legal in in some states. So I think he's, I think most people in general confuse what guns are and how easy it is to adapt guns what? to make them more, more like Emmett 15. But, but I mean, yes, there is, there is the, the, 
reason people do feel as though if the government did disarm the people, just like all around the world, you have less, you know, control over yourself if the government completely disarms the populace. That That's just just the fact, going back to, you know, forever and a day. Well, the, but the government will never be able to disarm the people, first of all. Second of all... I mean, if you want to get into a tit-for-tat with what the government has access to versus the private citizenry... Right, we don't have tanks. We're probably they, not yeah, going to be... They have a nuclear bomb, so they win no matter what. And, ...and stuff like that, but it does keep them in check. I mean, do you know how many guns are owned in this country legally? Legally owned so guns? So you, you, you think that the government is kept in check by people owning guns? You, you think that, like, it, had it not been for that, there would have been, like, more totalitarianism? Yeah, you go through history and you go through, the, yes, I absolutely do. And and also, there are more guns owned. I mean, I it, it's a it's a phenomenal number. You, you just can't, almost can't wrap your head around how many guns are owned. You know, each person in the country could own X number of guns. It's, it's a massive number that we know of that are legally owned guns. And, and those people, for the most part, are not running around shooting up you know, churches, colleges, students, it's not. And unfortunately, lately, we, we've got a major, major problem with violence in general. I mean, in this state alone, there's been people killing their, their children, people killing their wives, people dismembering people, people chopping people up at college. There's a major mental health and, and violence problem, no doubt. And, and I don't ever want to get people to agree to give up their guns, and it's just not going to happen. And I don't I doubt that there will be, you know, if 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 the, if the people who have done these mass shootings didn't have access to the weapons uh, that they have, it doesn't mean that they're not going to go and kill people. Unfortunately, it just means you know less people would die in that instance. But it, it, they'll just they'll just do not really because all guns. Is, uh, I mean, virtually every gun you can think of is a semi-automatic gun. You know what I mean? But it's every time somebody like has to stop to reload, that's a shot. chance for somebody else to take them out. Right, but or to get away. Find, I mean, well, how many guns do you have that you got to load each bullet and shoot? That's that's just not the reality. Well, I think limiting the capacity of what people can have will help. You you think so? But that would virtually eliminate almost all guns, almost all guns, because people focus in on 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 the AR-15 because it's big and gruesome looking, and people think, oh, that's a scary gun. They all shoot one trigger pull, one. Well, one if they're gun. all the same, then what do you what do you need it for? If they're all the same. No, they all have different um, applications, but I'm saying they all have the same uh, capability to pull the trigger and the gunfire. That, that's, that's what I'm saying, because they say, well, we just need to get rid of this one weapon. That's not, I mean, that's like, that's like lying to people. That's because if the people, a lot of those uh, politicians that advocate for these things literally don't know. I've heard it come out of their mouths and they're like, what are they even, what are they even talking about? Uh, do they not know what they're talking about? Most of them, yes. And some of them do know what they're talking about. So they're basically lying to the people and, like, placating them. So, well, we'll take these. Well, let's, let's be fair. Away. There's politicians on the other side that are lying to people, too, just so that they can get the, the money that. from the I lobbyists. I say one side or the other. I'm saying a lot of them absolutely have no idea what they're talking about. They'll say, well, an AR-15 means an automatic rifle. Well, that's not what it means. That's not even what it stands for. So, I mean, a lot of them, a lot of, but in general, whether they know what they're talking about or not, they're lying to the people saying to get rid of this gun would make people more safe because you would that would not that would not solve the problem. That would not. And also when you when you say we're gonna defund the police or you make it so people don't want to join the police force, like right now, the the they're depleted, people feel less likely to give up their gun. I'm gonna tell you, if the society can't make you feel safe, 
I'm carrying my, you know what I mean? I'm not going to give up my guns. It just doesn't make sense. You I'm don't gonna... disarm the, the, the police and then say you also can't carry your own weapon. No, not today. All right, I just I gotta just hold you there because I'm up against the break. I'm actually late for it. You have a good day. Happy anniversary. Thank you so much. And callers, hang on. We will get to you. I do have to take a break though. Uh, we'll be back in just a few moments. After the big gun. track from Depeche Mode, which is uh, aptly titled for a guy like me. It's called Ghosts Again. So, uh, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in, or you can hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey there, Tim. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not bad. Um, my, my wife went to Michigan State, um, and uh, and all of our, pretty much all of our in-laws went there, so it was kind of a tough night for everybody. Um mm-hmm. And there, luckily, there's no family members there right now. But when we uh, got married, uh, right after the ceremony, we went to have beers at uh, the Union, which is one of the places uh, last night that the shooter was. And uh, uh, the, uh, it was right after a Michigan State football game, so the place was packed. And then uh, my, uh, the, our wedding party came in, my wife in her wedding dress, and, you know, got toasted by a million people. And uh, I think I drank more there than I've ever drank in one place in my life. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, Michigan State's a great place. I mean, it's it's like a it's a campus, but it's it's like a, it's a city um, because as they grew the the university over the years, they just kept expanding out. So there's so many roads in and out, and you know it's a small city. It's not a like like your typical campus that's uh, you know within a, a square mile or something. So, um, but yeah, pretty pretty sad about what happened. Um, I, I think the discussion going right to automatic weapons is a joke. Um, I'll tell you why. Um, the shooter last night, whoever he was, uh, sh- used a pistol. Um, so the whole automatic weapon discussion, it's, uh, it's about the same as having a discussion about someone killing someone with a knife and saying, oh, automatic weapons, we're going to get rid of those. It, you know, I'm not going to get into the debate about it. That, I'm just saying that this is not founded. That the, this isn't the weapon the person used. And we don't know what the motivation was or much about the person. But they were able to, because of the type of campus, they were able to walk into buildings, um, you know, multiple buildings, uh, and get access from the street because that's just the, that's the way the campus is built. So um, I think we're probably lucky that more people weren't killed, um, and you know, for whatever reason. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, and, and, and I do think motivations do play a part in it uh, because, you know, and obviously last night they didn't have that kind of information, at least the last that I saw. I, I went to bed uh, about 12.30 and uh, I was watching, well, a little bit after that because at, at 1230 I was watching a press conference and you know that like that's the question that everybody's asking and and the um, the deputy chief is saying like we, we we don't know anything about that yet like our investigation is still going but people automatically want to come in and start assigning motivations to it before you even know what might have happened well they know how old he was I know a few things I didn't really get into any more details uh, I was probably watching it same time you were because we were taking calls from family members but um, uh, but, uh, you know, there's a mental illness part of the, this country that, you know, and again, I don't know anything about this shooter, 
and you can't just say, okay, he's just mentally ill and you assume the worst. It could be anything. It could be, you know, a breakup. It could be anger from work. It could have been an employee. It could have been. But the thing is, it's the problem is that people feel that they have to at, lash out. They don't have the right services to be able to, you know, talk it through, work it out. Um, and, the, you know, it's unfortunate. I don't, again, I don't know what the person's motivation was, but, um, there's something there that makes someone want to kill other people is, uh, is, is an issue in this country, or that whether it's knives, guns, bullets, uh, <laughs> uh, whatever you want to call it, whatever weapon it is of choice. could be a, a truck like in New York City, um, but there's just way too much hate going on and way too much. Uh, there, there's just not a, met, a way for a lot of these people to get the help they need, for sure. No, so. I totally agree. All right, sir. You have a great day. You as well. Take care. And uh, I mean, I can tell you, I've, I've I've never gotten to the point where I want to kill somebody. I don't think. I mean, like, have we all had those moments of of envisioning? Um, you know, if I had my hands wrapped around your neck right now, I don't know that I'd be willing to let go. You know, like those kind of like moments of anger. Um, but I, I think I'm the kind of person that would absolutely let go. I'd, once I realized like how badly I'm hurting somebody, I would I would snap out of it i would hope but i have been in moments of blind rage no doubt about it and i had to go to therapy for it there were times when i you know i got into an argument with my mother one time uh, over a name she called my girlfriend and i was basically like oh yeah and i picked up a chair and threw it through through a wall i mean it's not a healthy expression of anger in any way uh so you know there were there were Moments when when I was in a very high pressure world of, of of cooking, it's not you know that's not food service is not for people who can't handle stress and pressure. And so, I thought that I could. I you know I'm like of course I'm you know look at me I handle everything that gets thrown at me you know as a kid I was a kid when I started there I handle everything that gets thrown at me at school no problem I can defeat any challenge anybody throws at me or if I can't at least I know when to ask for help I'm I'm I can do this I can be a cook yeah put me behind the grill and it doesn't take long before you realize that as prepared as you are for any high pressure situation I'm not trying to compare this to to you know more important things but any high pressure situation until you're in it you don't know how you will react and so for me that reaction was often anger and frustration now it got worse over time it wasn't so bad when i first started but when i was you know in my late 20s early 30s and struggling to get out of this industry and to find my actual career path and to you know be involved in the things that i wanted to be involved in full time every day that i went there i felt like a failure every day i went there i felt like i was not making things happen and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being in, 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 you know, working one of those jobs, but I'm also at the time in another career part time that I would want to be in full time and can't understand why I can't catch the break. Why when I apply for the jobs, you know, I don't even get an interview when, you know, I'm a, I'm a good writer. I'm, I'm good. I'm good under pressure. I'm good on the deadline. I'm good. At all the factors of what you would be looking for. I have, but for some reason, nobody was even giving me an interview. And when you go in every day, and you're doing something that weighs on you like that, you know, it, it, it makes it worse. And I probably did lash out 
at a lot of people that I worked with based on my own situation. And there were days when blind rage took over where I would just have a complete and total flip out and then have to spend the rest of my shift apologizing to everybody that, that I worked with and, and trying to make good for it. And, you know, after a while, people aren't willing to forgive you anymore. So I, I understand the, the way that people can get into those moments. And I needed, I couldn't figure that out for myself. I couldn't solve that problem for myself. I had to talk to somebody else about it. And people who get into those, those fits of rage or people who have those feelings um, of unworthiness and all of that, like they need to talk to somebody about it. Because there's nothing, there's no worse feeling than getting up in the morning and feeling like there's no reason to get out of bed. You know, and at this point I had a wife, I had a son. I had every reason in the world to get up and, 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 and go and be a productive member of society for the day. But, you know, it, it hurts. And you need somebody to speak to about that. And that's just one part of mental health. I mean, there's so many other things that can weigh on people, but that's just, you know, my particular experience with it. Uh, you know, thankfully, I don't think that I ever got to the point. I mean, I, I would obviously have bouts of depression of, you know, what am I doing? This is a waste of my life, waste of my time. But I don't think I ever thought about killing myself or hurting others. Like even when I went through a lot of turmoil in my personal life, there were always the thoughts in my head of when I get through this, it'll be different. How I don't know how long it's going to take to be different, but it'll eventually be different. So I always kind of saw, you know, coming out on the other side of it. But not everybody has that, that ability to focus on that. I mean, to me, that's just what came naturally is like, it's just another thing thrown in my life that I have to overcome. But not everybody looks at it that way. So I can't imagine what it would be like to be in a situation like, like I've been in to not be able to think about what's on the other side. Anyway, just a little bit of my own mental health journey. 508-996-0500. Got to take a break. Now, here W... are better than others from by you two from the Zuropa album and you know I, I I talk about it all the time uh to anybody that I discuss music with but 
the Octung Baby album and and the Zuropa album, they, those literally were bits of music that helped me through the toughest times of my life. And so I would always go back to them and they, they, they had a power for me and they had a message for me. And so that's a song that I can throw on when I'm having a, a crappy day and it helps me realize like, all right, but tomorrow might be totally different. Speaking of you two, uh, I saw the full trailer for their residency in Las Vegas at the Sphere, and I just, I don't know. I got to get a ticket. I got to get just one ticket to one of those shows, and then I'll find a way to get myself to Vegas, but I've never been to Vegas. My parents go sometimes on vacation every couple of years, and my dad always tries to get me to go out there. Can't go the same time as them, because... You know, I fill in for him at his job when he goes on vacation. Uh, I'm the reason he can go. But um, he always encourages me to go out there because he says, you know, it's it's cheap. So if I can secure one of those tickets, Dad, I'm going to need your help in getting out there and staying out there cheap. All right, 508-996-0500 is the number. I do have to take one more break for the hour. We'll be back in a few moments. Back on the other side, more of your phone calls at 508-996-0500. And, of course, your app chat messages via the WBSM app. It is the uh, one-year anniversary of the program. So all of you app chatters who uh, were telling me in the first week, this show isn't going to last. Well, we've made it this far. 